0: so many years of my childhood like longing to live somewhere where there was something to do with my time wearing that
1: shirt i would say we don't have a deal with them you can't wear that shirt you also can't date
2: the human being has a max of 74 farts per day that is a absolute max
3: yo hey yo yo hey 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 welcome to season 2 episode 13 of the funhouse family podcast i'm your host Brian Caves today's guest is Kevin McVeigh, and then later we are interrupted by Richie Schumacher and Freddie Jansen a bonafide piss kid and why don't you stick around and hey Jim get fucked okay we're not talking about that right now oh oh we aren't we aren't talking about work oh sorry man. yeah uh, yeah enjoy the show folks or else I think an irresponsibility is
0: a bad buy one get one free. Irresponsibility. No, any res- anything that you purchase that is a responsibility. Like if you like if you like uh, adopt a pet and they're like buy one get one free. Here's another one. Like that's awful.
3: <laughs> or like with children. Like
0: yeah, hey, buy a child. <laughs> right. Like if you, you can like, buy kids. Like if you have a child and they're like we have this other one uh. and they hand you that. That's, that's even worse.
3: <laughs> well, no, no. Hey, hello, Funhouse listeners. Uh, I'm currently sitting with Kevin McVeigh. Uh, Kevin is the education lead at Bandit Theater. Uh, he also performs and produces comedy in Seattle. You can see him performing improv with his group Yeah Okay, producing improv and stand-up at 10% Luck at the Northwest Film Forum, and sketch with Doesn't Even Rhyme at Sketchfest. Kevin thanks for joining us thank you for having me yeah um so for listeners who are not aware of you could you give a brief history or however long history of who you are as a person who are you wow
0: that's a huge question just Uh, tag
3: just just let's go from the beginning of the birth just (laughs) like what hospital were you (laughs) (laughs) no yeah however way you want to do that and then i can help you uh, fill in the blanks yeah totally um so, uh,
0: these days I perform comedy around Seattle, I do uh, improv and sketch, I'm the education lead with Bandit Theatre, meaning that I, uh, I lead our education programs, I teach improv, uh, I'm helping spread improv to new students and getting more people excited and involved in performing comedy. Um, but, uh, sort of my trajectory to getting there was much more scattershot. Uh, I played really bad electronic music for a while. Uh, uh, I was into making visual art for a while, uh, painting, uh, doing digital pieces uh, that were exciting to me, but generally didn't take off. Uh, and yeah, I, and I'm excited to be doing this stuff in, uh, in Seattle in particular, because I grew up in a pretty middle of nowhere sort of place. And... All of the work that I did there pretty much fell upon dead ears. Uh, I lived in like a military town, so mm-hmm. no one really cared to see. Uh, you, no one cared to see improv. No one cared to see uh, <laughs> weird music or visual art. Uh, yeah. I yeah, I very much uh, you know brought myself up through various online communities and was like, oh, I've recorded a bunch of sounds of uh, a dial up modem and I made a song out of it. <laughs> uh, you know. Could we play this at the barbecue? Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, you know, there were uh, wasn't much of a place for me there. <laughs> so um, you, you mentioned, you, you, you said you grew up in a military background. So does that mean, like, you moved around a lot then? Or did you stay pretty... put Where did you grow, you grow up? Yeah, so I grew up
0: in Stafford County, Virginia, mm-hmm. which is the home of the Quantico Marine Base. Okay. Um, if you have seen the show Quantico... It's nothing like it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I figured. Yeah, it's a a super empty town that's the home uh, that has, of course, that military base, but also the FBI Academy. Gotcha. So everyone in that town is either in the FBI, associated with with the Marines. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, very military place. Uh, I didn't move around a whole lot. Uh, My dad worked at the FBI Academy. Uh, and so we were pretty much pinned to that location for most of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I was born in the UK while he was on a mission. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then we moved to the States and bounced around a couple of, uh, pretty nondescript towns
3: gotcha. uh, before settling there. So, um, and and this is going to kind of be a, a cliche question, but how, how has your upbringing influenced like where you are, what are you doing with improv and art making and, and some of the other things you had listed? Like how did that, how did being in that environment kind of kind um, of um, influence that 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 trajectory
0: yeah totally um i think a lot about the uh the energy that i felt when i was growing up Mm -hmm. uh in in stafford county uh and feeling like there were no opportunities there Mm -hmm. uh it was like you like you go to school you come home you do basically nothing like uh wash rinse repeat anyway uh It was basically like, it was, if you didn't do sports, it was pretty nothing. And so I I spent so many years of my childhood, like, longing to live somewhere where there was something to do with my time. Yeah. Uh, it's like my friends and I basically just, we just like, we just got into trouble. Like, that's all, that's like all we could do and all we knew to do. So like, we just sort of wandered around and caused havoc. Right. Uh, and I was like, you know, one day I'm going to move to a city and I'm going to do something more fun. I'm going to channel this energy into something. Right. Uh, and I finally got that opportunity to in college and I can feel all of that energy that I had for uh, making things and for doing things and for starting projects. Uh, and uh, now I like stretch myself too thin because I'm just like oh my god there's so many opportunities so many like minded people so much to do so many things to uh, so many people to meet
3: right and yeah. uh, and kind of going back to what you were saying about like um, like wrecking havoc as you said yeah it's like when there's not when you don't fit into sort of a conventional narrative you don't con- you don't fit into that sort of as you said like rinse and repeat kind of narrative yeah like you kind of have to. You, i i would imagine you get kind of antsy and needed and we're like okay well like what other things can we explore with our you know specifically i'm thinking imagination and just like yeah. and then that eventually leads into storytelling and art making oh
0: yeah and like <clears throat> and we did all sorts of goofy stuff um like what i think really came out of that space was like was a feeling that i have to go big yeah uh, because in that in uh, in that space there was no uh there was no way to be noticed because there wasn't anybody to notice you. So, right. um, what we would do is we would, uh, my friends and I, would start these projects that we would put on the internet and try mm-hmm. to launch them really big or like. One time, uh, I packed all, my friends and I packed all of our musical instruments into my car, and we drove from Virginia to Boston,
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, trying to play on street corners the way there to yeah. fund the trip. Yeah. Uh, we made no money, uh, maybe a dollar. No. Uh, we got kicked off of like every street corner the whole way up to Massachusetts, and we were just like, well. This didn't work out. <laughs> you just
3: play in like suburban neighborhoods. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because we didn't, like, we were too afraid to go to like New
0: York City and like play in Manhattan. Like, we weren't good. Yeah. You know, like, I had a drum set that I like kind of played as a hobby, and like a friend of mine played the trumpet. And we were like, yeah, we're a band. Uh,
3: <laughs> yeah, you gotta go. There's a noise ordinance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you gotta leave. Exactly. Can we get like a couple bucks? Or- no, you gotta go. <laughs> Um, Um, uh, if I, if I could tell you a story about the the one that like really
0: took off, um, like my, my friends and I were, we thought it would be funny if we declared, um, the area that we lived in as its own country.
3: Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so we, (laughs) so that was like our way of, of. You know, finding something fun to do. So we, so we declared our, our neighborhood as our own country, and we uh, wrote a constitution, made a flag, made a website, yes. put it all up online. We we're like, ah, you know, join us. Wouldn't that be fun? Uh, Is that the kingdom of Arden? That's the kingdom of Arden. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, time passes, and then there's 400 uh, people on the internet that have said like, "Hey, yeah." I support this guy, and they start spreading it to other people, and this group starts to grow and grow, (laughs) and it goes kind of viral, and, uh, I now have people, like, strangers from other countries Mm -hmm. that I've never met that are, like, they're, like, uh, we're, like, the militia of the Kingdom of Ardent, like, we would go to war for you, and, like, people that were, like, trading goods and services with this, like, made-up currency, uh, like i had this like radio show that i did once a week where i like told everybody about like what's going on with the country and like (laughs) it was a really active group yeah and uh it started to become like this thing we were like wow we're like putting ourselves on the map we're Mm -hmm. doing something Mm -hmm. uh until uh until it became a problem
3: right well how, how did it become a problem yeah,
0: so it grew, to, it grew to the size that, like, people in my town started to take notice, um, okay. which is funny, like, you'd think that they'd be the first ones to know, but, like, it was out and then in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, one day I found myself in the um, the office of my high school principal, mm-hmm. uh, because students had been putting up propaganda around the school and around the other schools and around the town yeah. that were like, join the kingdom of Ardent, join King Kevin, like... yeah. And they told me that I had started a gang and that I was going to be expelled from the public school system. Um, yeah, how did your parents handle that? Yeah, so they thought it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah.
3: Uh, <laughs> it was like one of those classic. We were just thought he was joking around. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I think like my dad, because of his like, because of his job, like he sees actual. Like world, like yeah. world destabilizing problems. Yeah, and I'm just like some teenager who's like, oh, I made a country. <laughs> you know, like it was. Oh my gosh! So they basically like were like, this is ludicrous. Yeah, uh, our son is bored. Yeah, uh, he's like <laughs> screwing around with his friends, and you're gonna like expel him and like force us to like move. Basically, because yeah. like there weren't many schools. It's
3: like. You didn't get expelled, did you?
0: no, okay. no. So I was forced to issue an executive order <laughs> that all the propaganda be taken down uh, through sort of your like
3: your weekly
0: radio. Yeah, show. yeah. That's great. Uh, it was definitely a point of contention.
3: So, uh, so I guess that like that leads me to sort of like a bigger question of like how has like that experience shaped your worldview and like just yeah. because that's. That's quite a powerful. You're doing this thing, even though it was a joke, had quite an impact, and it and it, on people. Yeah. And in some negative, and it sounds like a lot of positive too. So, yeah. So how has that kind of shaped your worldview? Because because that and when did that happen? Like high school? Yeah, that was in high school. So that's a pretty formative experience. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested in to know like how that's carried out into, like, the rest of your life.
0: Yeah, uh, I learned a lot from that experience. Um, what I, what I think was really salient for me about the Kingdom of Ardent was that, um, I didn't tell anybody what to do. Yeah. I was not, I was never like, hey, you, uh, you, I, I want you to start a, I don't know, our space program. Yeah. There was some guy who was building rockets who claimed mm-hmm. that he was our space program. I don't think he made it to space. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> But, uh, but you know, I, I never told them to do that. And then people who were the quote-unquote policymakers, mm-hmm. I didn't tell them to go do that. It was yeah. just, I made this platform and people brought what they were excited about mm-hmm. and I just amplified it. Like yeah. I talked about it on my radio show, uh, tried to promote them to other people that were excited about it. Yeah. Um, and I think that that created this positive feedback loop where uh, I just sort of got to stand back and watch the gears turn. Yeah. Um, you know, like... Uh, the, the whole propaganda thing, like, I definitely didn't ask for, uh, right. uh, as funny as it ended up for me. Um, and I think that that carries into creative projects and what I'm doing out here as well. I'm uh, seeking to draw connections and to bring people together and stand up these systems. Uh, because it worked so well and was so much fun uh, with that project. Right. Um, I, I can kind of see that as something that can be applied elsewhere.
3: Right. <clears throat> and... I want to pivot a little bit um, yeah. to like talking a little about specifically now improv, um, as well as like com- computer engineering. How do those two things intersect for you? Because they seem for me like very parallel fields. Like I don't, I don't, and maybe this is just like my ignorance of the fact. Like I just don't know how those two fields intersect for you. So I'm wondering like. W- where, where, where is that intersection? Yeah, uh,
0: um, so I, I did go to school for engineering um, and studied sciences and math. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely grew up as a very mathy person. Yeah. Um, but I think what really surprised me about improv when I first got, got started with it, um, or rather, like, when I first started doing improv, I thought it was just, you know, very silly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, after doing The Kingdom of Ardent and uh, other uh, absurd projects, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I can go be silly. <laughs> uh, you know, and so I... Auditioned on a whim, mm-hmm. but it was after I joined my college improv group that I realized that there's um, Not exactly a science to it, but there uh, there are skills that one learns and that mm-hmm. there are uh, Rules that you learn and then break and there is structure and a way of communication that you do sort of um, through subtext and through cues yeah. um, and once I realized that uh, it engaged my scientific uh, brain. Was like, okay, I bet that there is a that there's a way to study this and to optimize it. Yeah. Uh, and while that definitely is not entirely true, yeah. uh, I think that there is some truth to it.
3: What are some of the like? What are some specific examples of how those parallels intersect? Like, like you talked about how. Um you talked about how like you know there is a sign th- there is a science improv like when you know, you're talking about like uh with banded theater there's like the game or mm-hmm. like long form improv like and to me, there seems like there is a little bit of an algorithm there. Can you unpack that a little bit yeah, absolutely, so at
0: bandit theater, we teach uh game based long form yeah. Uh, and for folks who don't know improv, when I tell them that we do improv, they mm-hmm. usually think, oh, Whose Line Is It Anyway, right? right yeah, yeah. Um, but Whose Line Is It Anyway is what's called short form. Yeah. Uh, and it's very fun. It's very funny. I mean, I'm a fan of Whose Line Is It Anyway. And yeah. I've seen lots of short form shows. Yeah. Um, but with short form, uh, you're playing a predetermined game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe you're playing party quirks and the host has to figure out what everyone's quirk at this party is. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe you're playing a game where you have to get uh, another player to guess a phrase based on gibberish. Yeah. Um, but everyone knows that that's what you're doing up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas with long-form improv, you are starting with a single word or a phrase or some other initiation, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like watching a play uh, yeah, sort yeah. of unfold. You're discovering what's fun and and discovering what's funny in the moment uh and developing it together
3: it's more like it's more of like a narrative base there's you're sticking with these characters and these scenarios a little longer. yeah
0: yeah you're um you're figuring out who's in this what they're about Mm -hmm. uh, what the world is in the moment but then also what's funny about it
3: Right, um, the unusual
0: thing. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And so at Bandit Theatre, we do a form of long form that's called game-based long form. Mm-hmm. And uh, game is this uh, this concept that you can spend your entire life thinking about, mm-hmm. but it really just boils down to uh, what is the funny thing in this scene? What's mm-hmm. the thing that I enjoy? What's the unusual thing? What stands out? Yeah. Um, and so the sort of science to it is that when you start a scene... Um, you want to figure out what's called the base reality your who, what, where Uh, and then something will stand out from it and then you want to call that out to your scene partners Mm -hmm. find that funny thing and then heighten it Uh, live in that weirdness live in that problem Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe it's uh, a quirk in the world that doesn't match your characters or maybe it's uh, a character's obsessive emotion that Mm -hmm. doesn't match the situation Mm -hmm. whatever it is you want to find a way to call it out to each other and get on the same page uh, and then play it up to uh, to new heights, into new situations. Um, there's lots of different uh, approaches and directions to take game, but that's the sort of core idea.
3: Uh, and there's a lot of uh, thoughts and theories that go into how you discover it and how you play it. So talking a little bit about being the education lead and also being a person who teaches improv, as well as, you, what are some of the other teaching experiences you've had besides in teaching improv?
0: Yeah. Um, so I, I started teaching at the University of Virginia. Mm-hmm. I taught in the School of Engineering there. Mm-hmm. Um, I taught a course on um, uh, data visualization, yeah. um, so like design for information. Uh, I taught a class on computer vision, um, and then one on improv. Um, yeah, I uh, I learned a lot from those uh, from those classes uh, from teaching those classes, uh, I, and I started with with teaching engineering. Right. Um, but what what I learned from them and enjoyed about them was that uh, we switched up, uh, or for the classes that I taught, I switched up the traditional, um, you know, lecturing style of teaching. Mm-hmm
3: the conventional, like, sit-down, teacher-centered... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I switched that up
0: by uh, repeating psychological studies, like, live in the class. Oh, interesting. Uh, and, and running, uh, like, bizarre experiments. Uh, so there was
3: some perform. There is some there performance was, aspect There was to definitely it. some performance yeah. to it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: there was this, uh, like... Uh, one example that that stood out in my data visualization class mm-hmm. was, there was this, there's this concept called chart junk, and mm-hmm. basically what it is is it's uh, the amount of ink on the page that isn't used to display information. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a fairly simple concept, but I wanted to make it more visceral, so I reached out to some contacts that I had on the fencing team at the University of Virginia. Uh-huh. And I had them come in for the start of one of my lectures, and I issued a pop quiz. It was a pop quiz that anyone could pass. It had extremely yeah. easy, easy questions, like, what is your first name? Um, and, like, count the number of squares, like, on a picture. Sure. Um, and I had the fencing team come in and actually fence each other and have, like, a live bout in the front of the room that was meant to, like, distract from the quiz. From answering these very simple questions. From answering these extremely simple questions. And I was like, look, this is a part of your grade. Like, you have to take this quiz. Uh, And every single student Uh, fails.
3: Not a single student passed the quiz. uh, That's innovative. Uh, Because they were distracted by that. Because they were distracted by that.
0: Um, And
3: and so how does... Clarify. How does that improve that theory? That the theory that you yeah were? yeah. So the idea was
0: that um, and so then I took that and I showed a number of charts and visualizations that represented that same idea where mm-hmm. there's a very simple piece of information but it's presented in a convoluted way where there's like extraneous gotcha. graphics. You know instead of instead of a dot, there's like you know some picture of a school or something. Yeah yeah, like yeah. You'll see those all the time where it's like you know they're representing like the size of somebody's salary based on like a picture of their face that's growing or something—it's uh, <laughs> a weird example. Uh, no,
3: no, no, that makes sense. Like uh, in that abstract way, and but I, I mean, the the thing I really love hearing about that is like you're taking a concept that could be easily put on a PowerPoint, but you're making it visceral, as, as you had said, visceral, yeah. and like. And, and visual to the, to the, you know, so that hopefully they rem- the student remembers. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I, I now yeah. know what that is <laughs> because yeah. of this lesson.
0: Well, I got really bold at the end of the class where uh, for the final project, you had to uh, develop a system that could chart like some arbitrary data. Mm-hmm. And the data, if you did it correctly, it spelled out um, a book you had to go check out from the library. Okay. And so if you went to the library and you opened up that book, and the front page there were instructions to like the next thing you had to do uh-huh. and so I built this uh, this sort of like Indiana Jones-esque scavenger hunt you had yeah, to do yeah. all across the <laughs> campus um, that like was you know going back over class concepts but forcing you to uh, live it out and like play it out and and a lot of students loved it, but a couple of students put off that project until the last night, and they let me have it in the teaching evaluations. <laughs> they were like, "How dare you?" Yeah, they were like, "It's <laughs> two in the morning, and I'm in an Alderman Library digging through the stacks for some book. How
3: dare you?" So I guess that leads into the next question of like how how do those teaching strategies like how does what has been the feedback from those students? Like obviously there's some negative, but have you received positive feedback from students or like oh this is like because if I was in that class, I'd be like, thank God there's somebody who's, like, using some innovation to, to teach this concept. Yeah, uh, the feedback was really positive uh, on the whole.
0: There were some students who really didn't like it. Yeah. Um, but on the whole, it was very positive. Uh, and some friends and I wrote up uh, our learnings from that and got mm-hmm. it published uh, in an uh, IEEE conference. Uh basically like what we thought was that by teaching these concepts in a more hands-on way where you have to actually act these things out yeah um i guess you could even say improvise a sure bit, sure uh that it makes it stick more and mm-hmm. it i suppose i haven't followed up all these years later and like reached out to one of my students and been like "Ah, oh, what's chart junk but you know yeah i, I, I mean, feel like maybe they maybe they got something out of it at least they had more fun
3: so that that, that leads into the next question like and then this is just basic baseline question but what makes a good teacher wow that's a that's
0: a, i mean it's a good question like it's a huge question um,
3: but for, you know you've had experience teaching and you've you've had teachers yeah um, and you've probably had effective ones and ineffective ones yeah like what do you think like because that's your that's your feel like what makes what makes an effect maybe an effective teacher yeah um I think first
0: and foremost is empathy. Uh, I think that every student approaches a subject slightly different, and they have different uh, different things work for them. Uh, I mean, I've. I have definitely read that, the, uh, that there is no scientific evidence backing up the whole like visual, auditory, kinesthetic, learner uh, oh, dichotomy. Yeah. But I do think that students respond in different ways. And they have different backgrounds and different levels of understanding of certain concepts. And so a teacher that is willing to meet students on their level and be like, yeah, this is challenging material. Here's how I'm going to help you get there. Or for students that want more of a challenge, being like, here's you know more direct feedback that uh, is, applies to you, right? Um, and seeking ways that are that are more effective to teach that specific thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not useful for you to go on a scavenger hunt to learn multivariate calculus. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not how you're going to learn that. But I think for um, I think for like performance, like you learn by doing. Um, I think for uh, I think for things that are in, like, the space of design, you can learn by, uh, in a more practical way, you can learn by doing. And I think that uh, those hands-on experiential mm-hmm. um, practices
3: are so useful and yeah. might work for a lot of students for whom lectures aren't working. I know that I, I that's how I learned best, is just, like, I just have to do it, and mm-hmm. I have to fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, you have yeah, to totally. fail. Totally. Um, because then you're like, yeah. oh, well, that's not how you that's not how you change a tire (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) now i know um so i guess the other thing too is like what are some like on the opposite side of that what are some negative qualities you've seen in teachers like teachers that you're like you don't yeah uh you don't like you're not uh that haven't worked for you
0: yeah i've had a lot of teachers that assume that i am that uh, that assume that i am them Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) that just like present material and are like all right, that's it. Like you know it now, mm-hmm. or like, uh, like in school, I would so I had so many teachers in like my math classes that would just like write out like a formal academic proof yeah. for some mm-hmm. subject, and I would not
3: grasp any of yeah. it. Yeah, uh, because they go in assuming that you know this thing, and you're like, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> it's like
0: I just I have no idea. What's the frame of reference? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so like I I can remember ex- I can remember the exact classes were just like it was hopeless for me like I can remember the moment where I checked out or like I realized yeah like this person is not going to slow down and help me out they're not going to change to help me out right uh I'm adrift whereas I can remember the teachers that did and like brought me in and Mm -hmm. uh helped me to see where my ideas fit Mm -hmm. into the larger picture and gave me pointers on what to go look for next uh and those people you know it sounds cliche but they did change my
3: life I have infinite appreciation for them right i mean those are formative years for you mm-hmm. um and the other thing too like to kind of add to that and kind of change change the the difference in terms of ineffective teachers like yeah. the teacher who's like i guess like the gatekeeper teacher or the teacher yes. who's just like i had an english teacher in high school who was just like oh like hemingway is the best and i'm like really is he the best? <laughs> like <laughs> you know like those yeah. teachers who just like they they their word is doctrine, and yeah. you see those kids who are just like praise Mr. Blah blah blah, or yeah. Mrs. Blah blah blah. I'm like, Have you experienced that? Like, does that, yeah, I don't know, does that I've experienced like that in a good? big way in
0: performance, actually. Okay, yeah. like I encountered that like a little bit, like in college, just because like there is that cult of personality around <laughs> academics, that's a great way to, but like, that, yeah. but particularly in uh, in performance, I've encountered these. Uh, these teachers who I guess because it like art is subjective yeah they're like my perspective is the only one that matters like I like I spent so much time uh driving to and from New York City uh when I was in college doing improv yeah to go to the upright citizens brigade to take classes and workshops and to see shows um And sometimes I would see, sometimes I would have the best class and it would like really open my mind and I would feel so many feelings about improv and come back really rejuvenated. Right. But sometimes I would have a teacher who, like, would interrupt a scene, like, one line in and oh, be Jesus. like, uh, you know, I wouldn't have had that be about a baker. Maybe that should be about fishermen instead. And it's like, who
3: cares? Like, also, like, I don't have a fucking time machine. I can't go back yeah. and change what I just yeah. said. Like, yeah, it <laughs> this is, is hindsight, bro. <laughs> <You can't>...
0: Right. <laughs> like, this, like, you didn't do the scene. I did the scene. Like... <laughs> I think that some teachers need to remove themselves from the thing that they're watching and yeah. instead push up the people that are on stage. Right. I think that there's a lot of teachers out there that uh, can't see beyond, like, oh, I'm the wise teacher.
3: Right. Uh, and that drives me nuts. Well, it's dangerous, because if it you've is. got somebody who's coming in for the first time trying to do, especially in the arts, I think, mm-hmm. if you someone who's coming in to do improv for the first time and they're discouraged... You've you may have lost a good improviser. You may have lost or or artists. What you know, plug and chug, whatever art. You know, yeah. acting, d- design, visual arts, whatever. Yeah, um,
0: I I just saw a a, uh, a great talk by the um, the president of Harvey Mudd College. She was talking about how especially f- uh for introductory teachers like teachers that are teaching like a level one in yeah. any subject yeah. it's so essential that you not only present the information but you also tie it to the world and you say here's how this is useful so that you're not just teaching facts or theories so that you're actually showing that what you have to say matters and can help you out mm-hmm. um and she was talking about it from the perspective of getting more people excited about X Y Z subject, mm-hmm. but I think it's also important for retaining people. Sure. Like, I've taken uh, improv classes from teachers where I'm like, if you taught me level one,
3: I wouldn't still be doing this. Mm. Um, um So a little bit on that, what are the keys for consistent improvised performance? So now taking it out of the classroom and into performance. Yeah. um, And how do you make sure every show remains at a high quality or or at least you're attempting to make sure it's at a high quality? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Number one is be 100% there. I've seen so many shows with uh, performers who are um, maintaining this, like, wall of irony. Mm -hmm. They're like... uh, They're like... A deflection. Yeah, like, this is a show, but, like, me, the cool improviser, is, like, still on the back line. Yeah. Uh, Be 100% committed to your choices and live them out and their consequences fully. Yeah. Uh, I think that that's so essential. Um, Similarly, I think that uh, feel something and say it. Uh feel things, want things, say them out loud. Yeah. Uh even if it's weird, it's a thousand times better to hear someone say something weird on stage right. than have them keep it to themselves because the weird thing might be uh to tie it back, the the unusual thing that sets up game. Sure. That we can then uh
3: you know ride off into the sunset. Right. And and, and you might get more mileage out of that. Absolutely. Um what? This, yeah, another kind of just like basic question. What does the word funny mean to you? <laughs> uh, what is funny to you? Yeah, I think uh, funny
0: to me is uh, often comes from surprising uh, things that I'm not expecting. Uh, maybe because it's uh, strangely specific for an improv show. Like mm-hmm. I love specificity most. I think because it's like it's a made up thing. No one expects you to come out with extreme details or science or knowledge Um, but then also on the other side of that coin um, uh, the surprise in the way that you act or acting abnormal or not matching Reality, I think, is very funny. That juxtaposition. Yeah. Just like,
3: oh, this is a scene about um, uh, um, um, a dad cooking breakfast or something, and then you know, then it turns into like a sea creature coming out from under. <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> yeah. Like, like
0: surprise. I think is what is what uh, draws someone in and makes you laugh
3: initially. Yeah. Huh. Oh. Hello. Oh. Hi.
1: Yeah. Uh, hello. Hi. Can
3: I come in? Hold that thought. We're gonna take a quick break. For Join us for Funhouse Five, the latest iteration of the Funhouse Family's flagship theater show, featuring a selection of short plays by local writers that explore the shifting cultural landscape of the Pacific Northwest. Funhouse Five runs Thursday through Saturday, September 19th through the 28th at Annex Theater in Capitol Hill. Follow the Funhouse Family on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at FunhouseFam for ticketing information and updates. Now back to the show.
0: Surprise! I think is what is what uh, draws someone in and makes you laugh initially. Yeah. Huh.
3: Oh. Hello. Oh. Hi.
1: Yeah, uh, hello Hi, can I come in?
3: Uh, While well, you're here, come on in
1: Yeah, hi, I'm the, Ricky, I'm Ricky Schumacher Ricky Schumacher,
3: this is uh I know Kevin. who this is, I know who oh, this is Oh, you know is. who this is? Yeah, this oh, is okay. Kevin McVeigh, oh, I know we, who this is We were in the middle of a podcast um, I know, I
1: was listening outside the door I thought that was a good time for me to come in Well, you were listening <laughs> I was sitting with my ear to the door <laughs> I'm a, I'm a fan, Kevin. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm a fan. Wow. I've been watching you. you. I've been, I, I, got my finger on the pulse of the comedy scene in Seattle. I'm a, I'm an agent. My, you may know me from uh, representing Steve Harwell from Smash Mouth. <laughs> He's like my only client. My only client. I actually recently. That's a lost pretty good him. client. Though. He's like, I good. I just lost him. I just lost him.
3: Oh, okay. so oh. you don't have any clients?
1: Yeah. Well, I, he was my one. He well, was why my, did you? My, why my, did my, you my my leave? White whale. Uh, <laughs> I'm codependent, and he didn't like that I was trying to control him so much.
3: Well, what, what, what did you do? That let's put it. Let's put my. I'm. You know, I'm in his shoes. Like, what would you do to him? That you can't
1: head? wear that shirt. The, That's offensive.
3: The Orange Shakespeare Festival? You don't want to I represent-
1: Did we get paid by them to represent- If he was wearing that shirt, I would say, we don't have a deal with them, you can't wear that shirt. You also can't date well, then that, anyone. Wouldn't that
3: be- <laughs> what, what, Okay, well, wouldn't that be most clothes, though? Because most clothes have brands i
1: have a, I have a- Just a few denim jumpsuits that you can wear that's it
0: does he wear a lot of like Hawaiian shirts and like yeah, shirts with, like, okay. flames <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: on yeah, them. yeah 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 that's all good
3: yeah that's all good because that's kind of what you're wearing right? that's right yeah.
1: yeah these are flames <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway <actually> baby
1: <laughs> Kevin baby I got a proposition for you okay I don't have I don't have any clients right now my wife my wife Shirley she's like get out <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. get out of the house but the house. Like get yourself out I mean, there. I'm in the kitchen,
1: like... I'm I'm trying to control her too. Don't bake the cookies so hot. <laughs> anyway, she's 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 like, Ricky, I'm gonna kill you. And I was like, don't. So anyway, she was like, you need to get a new client, I'm hitting the scene, I see you at the Bandit shows, I saw you in the 90s show, bring back the 90s, so funny, oh my. I was
3: at that show, I did not see you there, this where were a, you? This was,
1: a, this this, uh, I was in the back, <laughs> I was in the shadows, my flames are too space. hot, well my flame shirt's too hot to be close to the stage, I don't want people to think the theater's on fire. So I, I have to stay in the back. Kevin,
3: how are you feeling
0: right now? This is just <laughs> real. See, like why a lot. didn't you say something at the show? <laughs> I don't wanna be
1: surrounded by people, I don't <laughs> wanna to be too close. I wanted to I wanna lurk near you and pick my moment and this seemed like a good moment. Did, so. did that middle yeah.
0: for you and smash? Bros? That's how yeah. I got that's
1: how I got Steve the first time. Yeah, how
3: did you get Steve the first time?
1: Oh, okay. They play a show, I was in the back for In the Shadows, down in L.A. Actually San Jose, excuse me, I misspoke. Uh, so okay. I'm hanging out in the back, and, uh, and uh, four days later at a car wash, I approached Steve, uh, and he thought I was working there and I wasn't. Uh, long story short, he felt really, really, uh, you know, seen. I saw him. I lavished him with gifts as codependents do. What kind of gifts did you give him? Oh, so many car washes. I wash his car all the time.
3: Like like the same day?
1: No, over every week. <laughs> Wait, I show up Friday day? morning to car wash day. He uh, loved it. Nice. Wasn't
0: there someone at the car wash whose job it was to wash <laughs> the car?
1: Yeah, but I talked to him. They let me run it. They let me push the button.
3: Oh, hey, you. hey, oh, hey sit God. down. Oh, no, just honk, honk. Did you put the skateboard on the on the wall there? Yeah, uh, call it, uh, call it an element. Okay, can you put the element on the wall
2: there? Yeah. I, I actually like holding it
3: you're, I like holding it can You I... s- smell you, you, can, you can hold it But you, you've got a, a, a pungent Or are you smelling it? Hey, baby yeah. I saw you yeah. I saw yeah. you
1: outside you were, you were doing a good job Skating around Oh
3: baby. yeah
2: That's oh, just kind of my thing Skating down there Yeah Did You yeah. fall like ten times Oh yeah Are you okay? Oh dude Bruises are The more bruises you have The cooler you are No like <laughs> you're bleeding Yeah, yeah you're bleeding Yeah the more blood That you have The cooler you are On the outside of your body Body. That's true. That's, mm-hmm, what? Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I don't know about this guy, but I like him. I what's like his style, what's baby. Your name? My name is Freddie Jansen. I'm a bona fide piss kid. A what? I'm a bona fide piss kid. I'm a neighborhood piss kid. I'm an upper class, middle class neighborhood piss an kid. upper... What's a piss kid? A piss kid, you know, just skating around, throwing rocks.
1: I like it, I like Pulling it. Pulling pranks. You, you got I mean, an that one. kind of like what you
2: did, Kevin, right? Like,
0: you, you were yeah, kind of kid, yeah, a soft soft piss kid, but
3: <laughs> like a soft piss kid. You a soft piss kid? You were piss light. I've met a lot of piss lights before. It's <laughs> like the Miller highlight of. <laughs> The champagne beer. of beers? Yes. Yeah. Well, okay, maybe like the Olympia beer. Oh okay, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I just
1: wanna say quickly, Kevin, you could be a higher class beer if we were to get you a deal, get you get you endorsing some stuff. You wouldn't be a Miller Lite, you'd be like a Belgian like a Belgian beer or something. Uh you're a king. A king of uh what was that, Narnia land, you
3: art uh, <laughs> <Arden. Arden. Arden. laughs> yeah. Ar Yeah. Art was Art Narnia for you? No, what? no. <laughs> Honks you This is boring
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's really not very kind You know what Whatever you're a, you're a bunch of boring None of you are piss kids All of you are are Stale adults Okay well You got a I dream kid How fucking old are you? <laughs> I'm 16 And I've definitely had sex
1: <laughs> So you, your dreams come true
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. To be clear, you're not even farting. You make that fart sound. Yeah, that's
2: just gotta keep up the airs. Yeah, wouldn't a real piss kid actually make the fart sound with his butt? You know what, Brian? There's... All right. There's... I, I've done some research on this. Can you actually skateboard? Because you fell ten times. Yeah, you know, part... Okay, well, first of all, we need to address the fart thing.
1: Yeah, squeeze one out right now. Ooh,
2: <laughs> it was away Please, from the mic, but though. I definitely farted. Nah, you farted. You, I definitely you farted it. Well, you know, okay, the human being <laughs> Wouldn't has, be able to smell it anyway. The human being has a max of seventy-four farts per day. That is a absolute max. You don't realize that you're doing most of them. And I, I I, I, I fart at least twelve times in the first three minutes that I'm waking up. So I gotta just like keep riding it out. <laughs> you yeah, have a biscuit. Twelve times. You wake up in the morning, head pops off the pillow, and twelve <laughs> it's farts. Absolute, it's my morning routine.
1: Like huh? one after
2: another, or just like one long. It's like twelve long? fart long. It's fart. like ten, ten.
3: Like, like the a snare, snare drum. drum. Like a snare yeah, drum. Da, 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 yeah, you yeah. could
1: turn that into some music, Kevin, with your electronic yeah. modem. Are you sure that's not just
3: you in the background in the shadows with a snare drum just going. Tah, tah, tah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Ricky? I could be, I don't know. You tell me.
2: Yeah, but most of my time I just spent skating around, like
3: bothering people. Huh? Did you ever have any of these kinds of children <laughs> in your hometown? Oh, you're a teacher! oh
0: square big fat square baby yeah i definitely think that 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 was me
3: (laughs) wait you were a a piss kid (laughs) not on this not on this degree
2: wait wait, you were a piss kid oh i'm sorry for calling you a square if you used to be a piss kid well, we yeah, we
0: established this early that he was a soft piss kid. A yeah. soft kid. Okay. A well, piss kid. A soft piss A
2: soft piss kid and a piss kid. Piss kid like you had
0: enough water.
2: Oh. Uh, well, it's like, like a, a symbiotic relationship yeah, that Yeah. It's happens. one of the things yeah. you got to do if you're a fucking piss kid. You got to drink water. All right. Look
0: at from one from one piss kid to another. What's your favorite gas station?
2: My favorite get yeah, Arco, the one on 32nd Pine.
0: All right. Respect.
2: Yeah. (laughs) What what about yours, Kevin? Yeah, yeah. Wawa.
0: Easy. mm, Wawa? Which
2: one? Which one? I need a cross street. (laughs) Uh, A real big kid would know the cross street. 6'10 and courthouse. That's, you know what?
0: Garrisonville, Virginia. See you there.
2: Mm, I've never been to Garrisonville. Hold
1: on, you're not going to Virginia. I gotta, if I'm gonna be working for you, you gotta clear every travel through me. I gotta be controlling everything. Do you wanna work with her? Freaking um, I'm a man <laughs>
3: with him. Uh,
2: Sorry for Do you want to see my
1: penis? No, I don't.
2: I don't. <laughs> I do. I really. All don't. right, hold on. No, no, oh, no, ready, no, yeah. no, 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 the picture. Oh, there is. Oh, wow, that's
3: that's, that's just your Shirley, finger. That's just Shirley, your finger through your short. Your this your, isn't your cheating, pants.
1: baby. If you're listening, this is not cheating. I'm just showing it. I'm just showing Sit it. Sit
3: down. That's Stop. the best type of prank. Stuck your
2: thumb through your fly. That's the best type of prank. Richie, I'm I'm liking your vibe Ricky, a
1: lot. Ricky, Ricky. <laughs> Richie, you know what? I, I I'm got not you. a woman, I'm not Richie. <laughs>
3: I'm,
2: I'm sorry, I'm just a piss kid. I don't respect no one.
3: Does, uh, does, uh, do you think the, the your Smash Mouth client, I can't remember. Steve. Yeah, do you think Steve was a piss kid? Yeah. Wait a, <laughs> Wait a second.
2: You... You had Steve from Smash Mouth on as a client? My only. Dude, Smash Mouth is every piss kid's favorite band.
1: (laughs) Did you know that song All-Stars about me? Because I kept saying to him, I was like, hey baby, you're an All-Star, you're an All-Star. I put that, I planted the seed, okay? Ricky came in, Ricky planted the seed, (laughs) and it grew into the biggest hit they ever saw. And then Ricky got tossed away. All because I said, you can't, you know, do, don't leave my basement.
0: Is the Astro <laughs> Lounge your basement? Yes. Is that
3: what you called it? The, yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. Surely she, I said, don't come down here. And she did. It's all right.
2: You know what? As a bona fide piss kid, <laughs> I don't listen to no one. I don't follow no rules. And I just skate. What but, is
3: it? What, what makes a bona fide piss kid?
2: I'm glad... I got it from Kevin's perspective, but... I'm glad you asked, Brian. First of all, you do have to have a favorite cast station. That is just, like, that, okay. that's number one. Okay. Second of all, uh, you gotta have some name-brand skateboards. Element, Birdhouse, Flip, Girl, Volcom, what, what have you. Girl? Girl girl,
3: girl, girl. Oh, yeah. No, you no, don't know right. about Girl? You don't know about yeah. Girl?
0: No. Nope. Piss kid Light lightness.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. 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 Kevin, did you skateboard?
0: Yeah, I had an enjoy. Mmm, that's a good one with the little panda, mm-hmm. with a little panda. That's I'll a write it one.
1: down. Mm-hmm. I'll write it down.
2: Yeah, it's, it's just the letter N. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy. With a uh, with an I at the end, right? Um. Yeah. Okay. So other thing is, uh, you gotta be tossing some rocks. I don't care where you're tossing them, you gotta toss them straight up, you gotta toss them, and maybe some cars over, maybe an overpass, I don't know. I'm just like skating along, I've got a couple rocks in my pocket, I'm gonna flip one over the overpass when I'm going over the overpass, you know? You ever, B- no, go for it. kids, uh, I would say are chaotic evil. <laughs> chaotic neutral, chaotic evil. Oh, so you guys play D&D then? No. <laughs> <laughs> Could I ask where you picked that up from? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just a thing that I heard one time, I heard, uh, this, I was giving this kid a wedgie, uh, uh, and he was like, you're chaotic neutral, chaotic evil And I was like, I'm taking that because I am a piss kid
3: Well, I see a little, uh, dye uh, D&D die on your keychain there on your pants Shut the fuck up, Brian <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up it's okay. Oh, Brian.
0: it's okay, you don't have to be 100% piss kid No, I'm 100% piss
3: kid It's okay, you don't you, we, we contain can. multitudes Yeah, you can Everyone like other, other things. things You know, We're like a fractal in space
2: no, You don't understand I like This is who I am Everyone, 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 everyone in town sees me skateboarding and they say, look, there is the bona fide piss kid of the town. They know who what? I am. I know
3: who they are. You're a stop,
1: baby. You're star. I'm a star. I'm a you're a stop. This baby. sounds like your client. I think maybe. <gasps> what? Maybe what? the two
3: of them can do a, a comedy duo and have another comedy sketch group. Well. I do
1: like the <laughs> idea of pitting people against each other. It mm. does fit my illness. I don't know, Kevin doesn't
3: look very comfortable
2: with the idea. <laughs> yeah. Prank war? I'm thinking prank war, Kevin. No, definitely not. Prank war? I'm going to pop your tires, I'm going to slash your car. It's mostly just destroys, probably. Yeah. Those are my pranks. When you yeah. slash a
1: car, what are you going to do? Hmm? I'm going to... slash it.
2: I'm going It's just like you, you, you take a little knife and you slash it.
3: Did you hear that this guy started a whole nation?
2: What?! That's, Alderon. That's,
3: that's that is actually bonafide piss mm, kid. That's status. a little bit
2: too organized to be a bonafide piss kid. It's like it's got to be more free flowing. Like were you? It was it a nation
3: state? Yeah, or but are part of the u n Piss kids.
1: No, <laughs> it was called Alderon. Ardent. You
0: <laughs> were not listening very well.
3: Na-
1: it's called Aragon.
0: I'm sorry, but <laughs> nation state sounds like it's outside the piss kid vernacular. Would you just pose against a piss kid? No, yeah. No you're a poser. No, no, not at all. No. Did anyone ever called
2: you a poser? Like your parents? No. Yeah, but my parents are squares. <laughs> yeah, you know, I can wait a kickflip. I've had sex. <laughs> I've had sex.
1: <laughs> Me too, kid. Me too. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It
2: feels good that's like that's that's
1: what's your your favorite part about sex
2: (laughs) um, um, mm, let's pivot away from this what's your
3: relationship like with your teachers
2: um well yeah i mean so like uh i'm just like tossing stink bombs every now and again so i don't know teachers don't like me that much and then I go, I boo. I openly
3: boo during class because school's dumb. Well, I, I feel like there's a lot of, of potential here. Like, you, you have a lot of, uh, you're, you're kind of, uh, not to use a pun here, but you're, you're kind of pissing away your potential.
2: Mm, that, that's why I'm happy. Uh, yeah, it's a nice pun, Brian. I don't respect it. That's why I'm happy that I just met Ricky. I just yeah, met baby I, I, I feel, I feel, the, I, uh, I feel, I, I can feel. I see you, I see you. Yeah, the stars. We can move to L.A. We can have this prank show. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Maybe we just could get... a couple of it.
3: nihilists here. What? What does that mean? It's just... Neither of us know what The things that you two know is so spotty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's an internal logic, baby. That's...
1: That's right. Listen. Yeah. How do you feel about if I will lavish you with gifts? Oh, my God. I gotta control everything you do. I gotta... I gotta be... You're like my... my Pinocchio, my puppet. I gotta control you.
2: You know what, Ricky? I would say no, absolutely no. No way, shape, or form. A piss kid don't get controlled, but I see a piss kid deep inside your
1: heart. I'm pissing right now. Yeah, that's. That is. What? <laughs> Ricky, come
2: on! Okay, Jesus. Oh, Jesus! Oh, that's the, the, the piss the kid, kid way! That is the piss kid way! This whole
3: studio smells like piss. It smells like urine. Yeah. It smells mm-hmm. like someone had some
1: asparagus. I did, Charlie. She made. She made a, a
3: quiche. This is potty humor. <laughs> we uh, have gone down no. the dumps with this potty humor. That's well. What do you want, Brian? Huh? I don't know. I I just want to know what what Ricky's deal is. What? Like. I Kind of get your idea. You're just fucking piss on the world. I'm just
1: trying to. I'm trying to pull myself out from the bottom. You know, yeah, I got tossed really, away.
3: But what's really going on? What's really going on with you? What do you, you mean? Do you think you could get
0: Smash Mouth back? Yeah. No. Yeah, but like if you if you deal with what's inside, do you think you could get him back?
1: I released myself to the higher power. I don't know. You also release
3: yourself. <laughs> That's right. the Studio. I was releasing now.
1: myself. Damn,
3: into that crazy <laughs> idea. This
1: is the thing. <laughs> all right. We are. We think that we are gods. We think we're all stars, but we're not. It's the higher power.
3: I mean, in a way, Kevin thought he was kind of like, Well, I don't want to say <laughs> Wow! <laughs> you weren't kind of like a god, but I mean you-
1: Kevin, uh, are you codependent?
3: I'm not codependent. Well... Mm. How do you define codependency?
1: Let me read you
3: from this pamphlet. What hand. is that? Oh my god.
0: Oh wow, you really did bring- Peeling like, this the is, un- that You're thinking just, about this a lot. Peeling the onio- onion-
2: Codependency Anonymous Onions are my favorite smell
3: <laughs> Me too What? Read us what you got here Alright
2: Fuck.
1: Codependency Anonymous Is a fellowship of men and women Whose common purpose is to develop Healthy and loving relationships With ourselves Ricky our higher power, and others. Kevin McVeigh, possibly, what the fuck is your name?
2: <laughs> My name's Freddie Jansen.
1: All right. He's You're... a butterfly piss kid. He's you, you
2: can piss just call P-K. me PK.
1: As we continue to peel the onion and move through our uniquely individual layers, we experience tears of pain. Yet when we arrive at the sweet core, which is a metaphor for our authentic selves, we experience, all right, et cetera, et cetera. All right, here we go. Relationships with God, ourselves, and others—that's what we're going for. Ricky. Getting a relationship with ourselves, with God, and with others. Although I don't—that just
0: right? sounds generally applicable. I don't think that that's like codependence specifically.
1: Well, you gotta peel the onion. Kevin. Just
2: Ricky,
0: so- it just sounds like you need
3: to like. We just spent thirty minutes peeling the onion, <laughs> Ke-
2: yeah. Ricky and Kevin. I want you to be my new dad, Ricky. Yeah. I want you to adopt me.
1: Let me I- get. Let me get Shirley on the phone. <laughs>
3: Hold on. Oh God. Okay, call here we again. go. you you gonna put it on a speaker phone? Oh, great. Do you not have parents?
2: We'll let the call happen first.
3: <laughs> um Hi. Shirley, what do you want?
1: Hey, it's me.
3: I know. <laughs> what do you want?
1: I'm, I'm calling because I, I know told you I call.
3: blocked this number. Oh, okay. how did you get this number? Again.
1: Shirley. Shirley, I'm sorry. That I burned all your clothes in the bathtub because I said that they were too revealing. I'm sorry. That's fucked up.
2: What? (laughs) That's
1: that's misogyny. You're a misogynist. I I said to you, only shirts with flames. And you didn't...
3: Because they're tacky, they're dis- they're bad, That's they look phone. bad, That's that name. looks That's bad. What do, you, what do you want? Can what we, do we adopt mean? a
1: kid together? We are not together.
3: <laughs> I think we are. <laughs> we're legally, yes, but we, you were out of the I'll house. I'll see you
1: later. I'll bring a pasta salad. Okay, I love yeah. you. Yep,
2: yeah, just, okay. <laughs> Burning clothes. In a bathtub. This seems like a very toxic relationship. That That's you know, the pissiest that kid thing. That's how we got to
1: peel the onion.
2: That's you know what, Ricky. Whatever, whatever you're putting down, I like your style. I've just been skating around. I've just been smashing some windows. I've just been popping some tires. I've just been throwing some tomatoes at some babies in some <laughs> carriages. All right. And just, you know, it's it's getting it's getting a little uh, tired. And I think I, I
3: think I need a mentor. I'm just looking at outside, and yes, you did smash all the windows.
1: I love it. <laughs>
0: Alongside the
3: active space. Did here. you say that
0: you throw tomatoes at babies in carriages? <laughs> yeah, I have
2: a few on me. And I, and That's
0: extremely of, specific. How
2: many babies are in carriages? Do they, yeah, even in carriages? Or strollers, though? whatever you call it. I don't know. I'm a piss kid. I say things wrong sometimes. I love
1: that. I mm-hmm. love that.
2: Yeah, it's just ba- Babies, they're too perfect and they need to get knocked down a
0: peg. You're right.
2: <laughs> that's yeah, I am right. You're right. I am right. It's I, too much I, I can't keep don't, on. I
0: don't think he's right. You
2: right. No, I'm definitely right. No, that's, that's think, okay that's, think about
1: all my is I gotta affirm, affirm. You're doing great. Yeah, me. no, no,
2: think think about this. You go to a party, someone brings a baby, everyone like likes the baby. Everyone is treating the baby positively, and not everyone is treating Freddie Jansen positively. I got so,
1: you, baby. I always treat you positively. Oh yeah,
2: good. Were so, you
3: neglected as a child? That's I'm what codependency.
1: Code like, <laughs> well, I was <laughs>
2: okay,
3: this, this, because just everything anything not tied to codependency. Everything, baby, everything. I'm codependent on this conversation right now. Yeah. What is a <laughs> what? what were you neglected as a child? Were, was a tomato yeah, thrown at you? I
2: don't want to talk about it too much, but I will because okay. I don't care. Well, we are peeling the onion. You right know the onion, So
3: baby. let's peel that onion, okay? So were rocks thrown at you as a child?
2: Yeah, Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, every now and again. Um, it's Over re- an overpass? Yeah, that happened once or twice. Um, right. the, the real thing is, like, so, like, I, yeah, I have a mom and a dad, and I have 12 other siblings. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, and
1: baby.
2: Yeah, all no, right. they, oh, my mom and dad had a lot of sex. That's where I got that from. Creepy, but I'm saying it. Uh, and uh, they were all, uh, well, uh, uh, they were all uh, killed in a bear attack. I don't know. I don't know how else to say that. What? what? They were what? killed in a bear attack.
0: Your who? Your parents? Yeah. Oh my your god, that's terrible. twelve siblings. Yeah. They, so you're the only one left. Mm, yeah, my
2: parents were very good people, so they kept like throwing my siblings in front of the bear to try to stop it.
0: Look, I, it was like a wall of children, <laughs> a wall of my, a wall of you, people you that really I knew. You don't seem affected by this. I don't think it's true. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I, call I'm, you out. Um, I don't I just, think it's true. I don't think about it that much. No, mm. I, I don't think this happened.
2: That's ugh. fine. Fine, you got me. You called me out. I was just trying to get some sympathy because like maybe someone would like me then.
1: Well... I like you, baby. Hey, okay. thanks, Ricky. <laughs> just, thanks. This,
2: this is what? a toxic relationship. <laughs> you right? know, no, no, it's not. Ricky's Ricky's the
3: only it's, person in this world no, that I need Rick, to be Give me a cell to. phone
1: number. Put it in my phone right yeah. now. Give me a cell phone number. Yes, Ricky, Ricky is news.
3: enabling you, okay? And as a 16-year-old, mm-hmm. your prefrontal cortex is still developing. And we can, uh, yeah, can you know, change in, that.
1: We can change that. shut up,
3: Ricky. <laughs> and right now, <laughs> as a person who's who cares about children, I'm worried about you. I'm you know what, Brian? You. Your prefrontal fuck
2: face is still <laughs> developing. That's what I have to say. That's about right. That. That's, right. Fine. Wow. That's good. Wow. That's good, baby.
3: You know what, baby? <laughs> you see the skateboard here? What? Hey, yep. no, Hey, take this skateboard. No, no, no no, skateboard.
2: no, no, no! Oh, 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 oh
0: Wow. <laughs> he turned into a pile of leaves. That was, yeah.
1: that was intense.
0: So, are you still going to represent Kevin? <laughs> Do you think he was? I mean, so what did we just see? I think we just saw a demon. Uh, yeah, well. <laughs> like, he turned into a pile of leaves and wind gushed out the door. It was supernatural. It was like breaking a wand in Harry Potter. <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs> the, the spirit think, of the You
2: wall. think he was a ghost? What the fuck? What the fuck was that? Wait, the leaves
3: are coming back! The leaves are-
2: Well you broke my skateboard, you found out my secret!
1: What, <laughs> what is, is, is your, your secret? Fire? I'm a wind demon, bye! Do
3: you think you can, uh, represent wind demons?
1: I definitely have a lot of ideas about how we can capitalize on this wind demon thing. This is going to be good. I'm excited. I'm excited. Call me.
3: (laughs) Oh, it's coming back. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like the scene in Pocahontas with (laughs) him.
0: I thought I would be in awe of the supernatural, but it's really fucking annoying.
1: Yeah. So what do you think, Kevin? You want to work together?
0: You know what? Sure. Uh, Hey, I'm Kevin McVeigh. Follow me on Twitter at WhatKevinMaySay. I'm the education lead at Bandit Theater. Check out our shows and improv classes. Uh, A really fun, supportive space for you to learn comedy and get involved. Uh, Bandittheater.org. We're starting up classes in the fall and have workshops year-round.
1: This is Annie Barry. I played Ricky Schumacher. Uh, check me out on Instagram. Barry is Scary and Bandit Theater on Instagram and also on Facebook and BanditTheater.org. And come to our jams every first and third Monday from seven to 30 at the Pocket Theater in Greenwood, Seattle.
2: My name is Jake Ferg. I played Freddie Jensen, Bonafide Piss Kid. <laughs> Uh, I'm the lead writer of uh, the Funhouse Family. Uh, you can find me on all the social media at my first and last name. That's J A K E F O E R G.
3: Thank you to uh, Tad and Jim for talking about work at the top of the show. Join us next week as we talk to local comedians Clara Putan and Bernice Ye. Then later, we are interrupted by Bobby Turner, Shelby Stevens, and Todd Sweeney. Come see Funhouse 5, September 19th through the 28th at Annex Theatre. Our theme music was composed by Alex Place. Our logo was designed by Alex Vincini. Our audio technician for this episode was Will Paulson. Our communications manager is Maureen Armstrong. Our film and media manager is Robert Pajorquez. And our artistic manager is Jake Ferg. If you like what you heard, help us out by subscribing to the podcast and leaving us a nice review. Find us at FunhouseFam.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at FunhouseFam, where you can get all the updates for everything Funhouse events, auditions, artistic opportunities, and script submissions. Join us, and fucking goodbye, Jim!